Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is to help our listeners better understand the challenges that face the business of higher education. Our hope is that you walk away with a stronger sense of the trends, policies, legislative and regulatory issues that may impact campuses today and in the future. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of educational tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Nakubo In Brief podcast. I'm Megan Schneider. I'm the Senior Director of Government Affairs. I'll be your host for this episode. Joining me today is Amir Ranameh-Azhar. He is the Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer at Syracuse University. Amir, thanks for joining me. Pleasure to be here. And Amir and I are going to be talking about a really interesting topic today. As you all know, the whole topic of public-private partnerships has been really buzzy in higher ed the last 10 years. Um, we've seen public-private partnerships in all sorts of areas, housing, food service, all sorts of auxiliary services, research, of course. But we're actually going to talk about utilizing P3s um, to support energy infrastructure projects. Uh, Syracuse University has structured this sort of arrangement, um, and it's really sort of innovative because I don't think we've ever seen P3s utilized in this way before, or at least we don't see it prevalently at most campuses. Um, So Amir, by way of background, can you tell us a little bit about what type of equipment makes up the energy infrastructure at a university campus? Because of course we have CBO listeners, but we have lots of individuals that listen outside of the, the business office that may not be familiar with what energy infrastructure at a campus looks like. Sure, of course. Um, Syracuse University's steam station has been in operation since 1927 and is currently comprised of two separate but interconnected steam generation plants. Uh, It's the primary source of uh, heating to Syracuse University and, in fact, four other institutions nearby. Uh, And uh, the steam station serves 55 university campus buildings, uh, including all major residence and dining halls, our critical research facilities, academic spaces, and our stadium. In terms of its function, it also includes a steam-driven chilled water uh, plant consisting of two chillers installed in 1970 and uh, in 2003, the chilled water plants provide chilled water to 28 Syracuse University buildings through a distribution of uh, distribution system of two and a half miles uh, directly buried uh, chilled water supply lines and 2.4 miles of direct buried return lines. So it's quite a system, wow. uh, and it's been in, uh, in operation for a long time, as I indicated. It serves Syracuse University, but for other also four other nearby entities. Wow. So yeah, it sounds like you have a, a really uh, robust and also very modern sort of energy infrastructure at Syracuse. Well, it was modern at the time it was installed. And this is why we're um, uh, evaluating its future at this point uh, in terms of how it can best serve the university in the future. So that actually ties in really well to my next question. Um, so 
before you in, engaged in um, P3s to support your energy infrastructure, how was Syracuse moving towards replacing some of those products? I know you said some of them were aging. Um, were you sort of in the model where you were just replacing equipment as it was wearing out, as it needed to be replaced? Or um, did you undergo sort of a holistic replacing everything to support your sustainability and energy infrastructure needs? before you embarked on this P3 arrangement? That's a great question, Megan. Historically, this steam station has been operated uh, by the university on a cost recovery basis. And therefore, funds uh, along the years have not been reserved for capital improvements required to modernize and upgrade the appropriate uh, intervals for the steam station. Uh, Despite very uh, good work by our team and yearly maintenance of the steam station's equipment, it's now nearing uh, the end of its useful life. Uh, So therefore, as we find find ourselves in a situation where significant capital investment is required to modernize, expand, and upgrade the steam station to accommodate the increased demand from the university and the customer growth with a focus on sustainability, efficiency, redundancy, and, uh, and resiliency. What made you think about using a P3 in this space? Like I said, you know, we see P3s a lot in higher ed, but not really in the energy infrastructure space. How did you come up with the idea of utilizing P3s? Energy production and distribution, while critical to the university, is not within the core competency uh, of our institution. I often say to many of my colleagues, uh, to other key stakeholders, that Uh, From my perspective, we need STEAM. We don't need a STEAM station. Um, Therefore, a public-private partnership of the nature being considered allows the university to uh, to shed energy generation and delivery risk to a best-in-class operator, and that um, uh, this kind of an arrangement also allows us to leverage the capital and expertise of the operator who's experienced in building uh, modern, efficient, sustainable systems, uh, providing a low-risk platform to expand reliable energy production for consumption by the university and other third-party customers. So in essence, we're removing ourselves from being in the business of energy. Uh, all that's important to me, per, uh, you might say, is that we get um, the service and not necessarily be in the business of running uh Uh, the enterprise. So is that an idea that you had first for Syracuse or were you approached first by um, sort of a a corporate partner that was able to provide those services to you? This was something that we launched. The university sought guidance from third-party experts in energy generation, um, higher education, uh, finance, legal fields uh, to initiate and support the strategic assessment of the steam station. These sorts of endeavors are frankly uh, episodic. In other words, you wouldn't necessarily have the expertise, nor should you, nor nor, uh, should anyone expect for you to have in-house in order to do this. So I would um, highly recommend those who are considering this sort of an endeavor really um, engage the services of uh, experts. Uh, For us, uh, doing so um, results in a thorough understanding of the steam station as a physical asset and the challenges and opportunities presented by the university's continued direct investment and operation uh, in this area. And then we were presented with the steam station really as an opportunity um, to, to further uh, sort of focus on our core competencies, but also uh, uh, for, for us to present that opportunity to select group of potential partners and seek their input on how 
they might partner with the university to meet our current and growing needs. And therefore, after a series of presentations and interviews, the university's senior leadership, the group of potential partners, um, was down selected to a single partner with whom uh, a letter of intent was signed and with whom the university is now finalizing a concession agreement. So you've already touched on a lot of this, but can you tell us a little bit more about the specifics of how your partnership is structured? Did you have an idea going into this about how you wanted to approach it? I know you said you did reach out to some third-party consultants for their input. Um, I don't know how much you can really share about the specifics of your arrangement, but can you tell us a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of that? Our pending transaction structured as a concession agreement pursuant to which the operational control um, will be transferred to a selected concessioner at closing of the transaction. This operator will be responsible for generating and delivering uh, steam to the university and the existing third-party customers that I mentioned earlier on, subject to specific uh, performance standards and key performance indicators appropriate for the agent, the condition of the asset. Subject to university's approval, the concessioner will replace the existing steam station with one that has been upgraded and modernized, uh, so we'll at the end of this be in a much better position than we are today. And that new plant will be operated by the concessionaire pursuant to new set of performance standards and, again, KPIs. Uh, the university's steam rate will be an aggregate in cer- um, of certain agreed-upon capped and uncapped operation and maintenance costs, pass-through costs like fuel, and returns of uh, capital expense investments made by the concessionaire. Um, the concessionaire will, in return, have the ability to su- uh, subject, again, to to agreed upon a, f- a framework to expand the steam station to serve new customers, provided the university also received a portion uh, of the profit uh, uh, from that. Um, so, you know, we ran quite a bit of a process, and I think those who contemplate such an approach should really built in a, a, a bit of a lead time because you this is this is going to be a long term agreement. You're talking about an agreement that spans decades and should stand the, the test of time uh, from a variety of... Uh, important to take the time to make sure you're comfortable with the agreement at the outset. A- absolutely. This is not something you want to wing. I mean, this goes without saying, but you're going through an appropriate due diligence process. For us, for instance, uh, we engaged partners early on, uh, as I said, experts that I uh, referenced earlier in my comments, and uh, we put together marketing programs. So we went to the full universe of potential bidders in this area, and we marketed the asset to them. Uh, those who wanted to uh, respond uh, rep- uh, replied, and we took uh, their replies, and then we went through a very rigorous shortlisting process, and we really shortlisted, I think, from, uh, I want to say, dozens of potential interested party down to um to about a dozen or so and then from there we went to down to four then we went down to two and then we focused on one and so that's where we are now and so you you might expect to approach um a a project of this order of magnitude spanning uh this many decades with the same level of rigor as i just described to ensure that the outcome is one that again can stand the test of time Wow. That's, I mean, it's great to hear that you had dozens of interested people. That's great. Um, and surprising for me, right? Because I'm sure that this is a new arrangement for all of the potential interested parties as well. 
Um, but so as a pioneering school in this sort of arrangement, um, would you recommend it? This sort of a two-part question. Would you recommend it to other schools? Um, and also, do you think there was something about Syracuse specifically that made you particularly well-suited for this type of arrangement, be it your the size of your school or your geography or, you know, well, you said you had dozens of interested parties. Um, do you think that was unique to the Syracuse area or do you think that this model is something that can really be replicated at schools across the country? That's a great question, uh, Megan, as well. I think uh, depending on the specific mission, vision, uh, goals, and the characteristics of any uh, institution, yes, I would recommend it at the very least uh, a consideration of a P3 structure to support energy infrastructure upgrade. It may not be for everyone. Uh, we, we talk a lot about benchmarking in higher education, and it's always a good idea to benchmark a, an institution against others. But it, there are always so many variables that when uh, it comes down to a decision point, I think you need to really be thinking about those variables. Um, I'll just give you a quick example. When, when speaking about the cost of operating or maintenance of the facilities just to keep its um, physical infrastructure up, it's always interesting because you're when you're benchmarking uh, another institution or a set of institutions could be they, they will be in a different geographic area the the climate would be different the topography of campus could be different the size could be the access to the labor um, uh, whether you're you have more grass and or, or more concrete could play into all of this so I'll just use that as an illustrative example of while benchmarking is a good idea it, you need to do what's right for you and so I would say this is an area where institutions uh, should really be thinking and and uh, for us, early in the process, we recognized that while energy generation distribution was not a core competency of the university, again, reliable, affordable, sustainable energy consumption is critical to our success now in the future. And so by entering into a long-term engagement uh, with the right partner, the university has afforded a platform to leverage uh, the capital and expertise of a third party, and therefore it allows us to shed unnecessary risk, enhance the experience uh, for our um, stakeholders and redeploy university capital towards mission critical priorities that the university that's more aligned with the university's core competency. So we've talked a lot about all of the positive things that have come out of uh, utilizing this sort of partnership. Have you all and I know you're still sort of in the early stages of um, using this sort of model. Have you had any drawbacks or even not necessarily a drawback, but something that was unexpected <laughs> that came out of uh, structuring your energy infrastructure this way? It was a learning process, mm -hmm. I'll just say. And so borrowing pieces and parts from existing arrangements and combining them with new features specific to Syracuse University allowed us to create a framework that uh, is distinctly us um, and uh, one that uh, serves our specific constituents' needs in, in a unique space. Having a fixed set of principles to apply to a variety of transactional variables allows us uh, to regularly perform risk-reward analysis, ensuring that uh, during the solicitation and negotiation process, we stayed on track to meet our end goals of clean, green, affordable, reliable energy. And so, um, again, this the, the response to this question is going to vary by the type uh, of institution and uh, but what their priorities are. But I think there will be rewards for those who run a very tight process and really think about uh, pros and cons and think about um, the arrangements specific uh, to their institution and uh, where they're at. 
Um, is there anything we haven't touched on that you would offer? So if someone is not used to this so far, they're handling all of their energy infrastructure needs in-house and they're looking to get into this P3 space. Is there any advice that you would offer that we haven't covered yet? Well, again, I'll start by saying spend the time um, early in the process, uh, in particular, to understand how the concessionaire will drive its returns. It's really important to know how they're thinking about the transaction, what the variables are that uh, affect their return, and what your institution's appetite is for maintaining a certain level of risk in exchange for uh, adjustments in terms of the economics of the transaction. And so there will be a lot of moving parts, and you, again, want to have those experts. I'll just um, end by saying uh, be aware of all your constituencies, uh, internal and external, uh, and and their needs, uh, perceptions, and sensitivities, and really be thinking through who you should engage at what point of time for what purpose, uh, from faculty and staff to state and local government to senior administrators um, and your institution's trustees, um, maybe the unions and the like, uh, each will have their own ideas and perceived notions that require the appropriate level of attention and care. And I think it uh, would be in your best interest to be very sensitive to those. Engage early and often. Absolutely. (laughs) Great. That's the takeaway. Well, Amir, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Um, And as always, you can get this episode of Nakubo and Brief on the Nakubo website, as well as in the Apple Podcast Store and via the Stitcher app in the Google Play Store. Um, Thanks so much for joining us. And you can subscribe to both Nakubo in Brief and Nakubo CBO Speaks podcast series wherever you get your podcasts.